Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. The complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. A week after San Francisco recalled its uber-progressive district attorney, Chesa Boudin, another high-profile DA will now face his own recall election. Voters in Los Angeles County have collected enough signatures to recall DA George Gascon an announcement that comes just days after two L.A. area police officers were gunned down in the line of duty. I'll have the latest in the fight against the left's soft-on-crime approach and the disasters that it has caused in tonight's Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. Progressive prosecutors are a menace to the cities, to the whole country, really, but to the cities where they are the ones in charge of the criminal justice system, they're really the top of the criminal justice pyramid, they have made everything substantially worse. Name a city, New York, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Chicago, Houston, Los Angeles, San Francisco, progressive prosecutors and all of them. And what is the basis of their whole approach? Let's just not prosecute crimes as much. Let's actually let people out of prison. Let's make crime less illegal, or maybe just make crime legal altogether. 
And this has disastrous results. Most recently, in the case of Gascon in Los Angeles, there were two law enforcement officers who were killed in El Monte, California. Uh, uh, Corporal Michael Paredes and Officer uh, Joseph Santana were both killed in the line of duty. Now, they were dealing with a situation, and the situation is that a gang member who actually had a gang affiliation tattooed on his face had stabbed his girlfriend and was trying to, had found and was trying to further assault and terrorize uh, his girlfriend. And the police officers arrived on the scene, there was a shootout. Here's a tweet from Fox's uh, uh, Bill Malugin. For sources, the gang member who fatally shot two El Monte PD officers last night was on probation for being a felon with a firearm after he received a bare minimum sentence and a plea deal under LA uh, District Attorney George Gascon last year, despite having a previous strike on his record. Now, let, let's unpack this for a second because this is really important. This gang member was on his third arrest. Now, he'd already had a burglary charge, drug charges. His third arrest was for being a previously convicted felon in possession of a firearm. Now, his possession of that firearm was illegal. He's a felon in possession of a firearm, which is supposed to come with a mandatory sentence. It's actually illegal under federal law as well as state law in California. But in this case, the district attorney decided that instead of giving the two to three year sentence that this would usually call for, he gave him probation. That's right. A gang member with the gang tattooed on his face who had engaged in criminal activity was on his third strike and should have been sentenced under a third strike law in California was given two years of probation. Now, what Gascon did, the DA, has actually been declared, meaning ignoring the three strikes rule that is state law in California, has actually been declared illegal, meaning that the DA wasn't even allowed to use his discretion the way he did under the law in this circumstance. But because he is so devoted to letting bad people get away with doing bad things, we now have two officers who are dead. Ted Cruz tweeted out that officers Paredes and Santana gave their lives in the service of their fellow citizens. It is outrageous the murderer was not in jail due to the reckless actions of George Gascon, a radical, soft on crime, Soros-backed DA. Now let's just go back to even a year ago. George Gascon, the district attorney in Los Angeles, was still trying to defend this kind of conduct. Here he is saying that tough on crime policies uh, have not made anyone safer. That was his claim a year ago. Watch. For the first time in generations, Communities are turning away from the quote-unquote tough on crime ideas because they're finally coming to realize that the last four decades have not made us any safer. Well, he's wrong, and the data has shown that he's right. He said it was effectively a lie. I mean, he can't really be that stupid. Is it possible to be that stupid? Yeah, let's just po uh, prosecute violent criminals, gang members. Uh, less and somehow will be safer than we are when we prosecute them for breaking the law repeatedly, willfully, and posing a danger. Here's a graph showing you homicides in Los Angeles. They're the highest they have been in over a decade. So they have been going up dramatically. And the criminals have noticed the situation. They've noticed what's going on here. 
Um, here's a jailhouse recording of triple homicide suspect Willie Wilkerson telling his mother that he's pushing for a plea deal before Gascon gets recalled because he knows Gascon is one, probably going to get recalled, and two, is the best shot he's got for getting away as lightly as possible because, because Gascon is really the definition of a soft on crime prosecutor. Watch this. I told you last time that he wanted to hurry up and try to get something did before they uh, re-elect somebody else besides Gascon and bring back that little uh, life without parole and uh, the death penalty. Life without parole, the death penalty. Triple murderers should be facing things like life without parole and the death penalty. That's actually what should be happening in a state like California and in our society. But instead, triple murderers or accused, alleged triple murderers should know that or rather believe that George Gascon is going to let them off as lightly as possible. Let's just go back for a second to what happened in Los Angeles with the, the murder of those two police officers. It wasn't just that it was a three strike rule violation for the gang member who killed those two cops. It's also that he was a felon in possession of a firearm. Now, we have been lectured for weeks by Democrats about how important it is to end gun violence and crack down on guns, illegal guns. Stop the illegal guns, they say. But what they really mean is to stop law-abiding Second Amendment enthusiasts and people who enjoy their Second Amendment rights from being able to go to a gun range with an AR-15 or to be able to have a magazine that has more than five rounds in it. That's what they, when they say stop the illegal guns, what they're really talking about is make guns illegal that are currently legal so they can harass the law abiding and pretend they're doing something about crime. Because when it comes to major cities and the gun crime violations that criminals are engaged in on a regular basis, all these Democrat prosecutors go as soft on them as they can, dismissing charges outright, letting people walk. And who's committing the violence? 99% of, of shootings that, that involve a, a murder are criminal in nature and not the either psychosis or ideologically driven mass shootings the media will fixate on after there's a horrific event. Most violence is criminal violence, meaning everyday uh, people who break the law, who are criminals, decide that they're going to shoot somebody. It's often involving gang or drug, gang and drug activity. But because of the ending of mass incarceration ideology of the left, and because they believe the system is racist, and because they worry that there'll be a disproportionate impact on communities of color, specifically young African-American and uh, Latin or, uh, or Hispanic males, they don't want to enforce the laws on guns in major cities. Well, then how are they stopping gun violence if they're not going to enforce the laws about illegal guns in major cities where most of the violence is happening? They haven't figured that one out yet, but you'll get more lectures about AR-15s any day now. Don't worry. That's, that's really going to save a lot of people. The disgrace. Gascon needs to be recalled. So if you're watching this and you live in, in California, you live in Los Angeles, and you can vote, you can be a part of the recall, please do. Please recall Gascon. And uh, next on that list should be Larry Krasner, the district attorney of Philadelphia. He's got to go, too. We'll have more on this with townhall.com. Senior columnist Kurt Schlichter in just a moment. Let's talk about protecting your online data. A lot of companies promise your privacy is guaranteed, but we know that's not true. That's why you need a new privacy and cybersecurity application tool called Secure. It's spelled S-E-K-U-R. Secure uses proprietary encryption and is offering secure instant messaging and email. 
would secure all of your communications based on servers and data centers hosted in Switzerland without using any of the big tech platforms. Privacy is a big issue right now. Without real security, people can read your emails, messages, even your bank information. You need secure. You can send emails, you can have all your comms online with actual confidence when you're using secure that you're not being spied on by big tech. It costs only $5 for the messenger, only $10 for the messenger and email combination package. Go to secure.com and take back your privacy today. That's S-E-K-U-R.com and use promo code BUCK for 25% off. Kurt Schlichter joins when we come back. Support for my podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with its exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BUCK at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 includes a ton of men's grooming products like the Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a bunch of other great men's hygiene products you never knew you needed, plus a travel bag to hold it all. The Lawn Mower Trimmer is the best. It's got a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and it's waterproof so no more messes on the bathroom floor. You'll also get the waterproof Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer with proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in all those delicate areas. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BUCK to unlock your confidence and always use the right tools with Manscaped. Critics, like me, are blaming L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon for the murder of two police officers on Tuesday. And he claimed the progressive DA's refusal to enforce the state's three-strike law was, in some way, responsible for the shootings. Earlier this month, the California court said Gus Gascon was required to enforce the law, ruling that, quote, on the merits, we conclude the voters and the legislature created a duty that requires prosecutors to plead prior serious or violent conv uh, felony convictions to ensure the alternative sentencing scheme created by the three strikes law applies to repeat offenders. For more on this, let me bring in senior columnist at townhall.com, Kurt Schlichter, an author of We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America, available on July 12th. Kurt Schlichter, the man, he's with us. Kurt, what's up? Well, uh, it's, it's pretty disgraceful what's happening out here in Los Angeles. Uh, George Gascon bears some moral responsibility for the death of these two police officers. and. It, of course, it's not just police officers, Buck. It's regular people as well who are being victimized by this Soros-funded, uh, you know, basic Marxist who thinks that the problem with the criminal justice system is there's too much justice for criminals. I mean, is Los Angeles going to take the only rational step here and get rid of this horrific Soros-backed far-left DA? I know that. On one group, the group with the recall has, I think, gotten the signature threshold. They want to get even beyond that. We did see Chesa Boudin, another lunatic who thinks that making crime legal will somehow make people safer. He's gone in San Francisco. So if San Francisco can live in Realityville for a minute or two. What about Los Angeles? What do you think? Well, look, I, I, I would never put it past the residents of Los Angeles to vote for someone who's an idiot. I mean, that's that's kind of how Los Angeles got into the position it's in. But, you know, 
I have yet to meet a single person who likes George Gascon. There is not a single person that I've talked to. And just by nature, I'm always talking to a bunch of pinkos. Nobody likes this guy. Uh, the fact that it's already got on the ballot, it's its hard to do a recall by. It is hard. You have to get a lot of signatures. That takes a lot of work, a lot of effort. And most people are like, nah, you know, just leave me alone. I'm going to my car outside Trader Joe's. Just don't bother me. But they are signing this one. And I think, uh, you know, tragedies like what we saw the other day are only going to drive more people to do the right thing and hopefully send a message that we're serious about safety. Now, I wish Californians would get serious about everything, but safety seems like a good place to start. I'm just wondering also if there's any sense that maybe, just maybe, the BLM movement and the progressive prosecutor movement that were so heralded by California Democrats, including Gavin Newsom, that maybe the residents of California, Los Angeles specifically, are thinking, that might not have been such a great idea after all. Do you think it's starting to seep into their minds more broadly, or is it just, oh, maybe Gascon's bad, but the next left-wing prosecutor will be great? Look, I, again, I, I, you, you, you can never go broke underestimating the stupidity of California voters. But I think people are sensing a change. This the kind of BLM, uh, let everybody out of jail prosecutor vibe, that's, that's kind of a frivolous notion that only works when times are fairly good. When things get bad, people start getting back into the lizard brain. At the end of the day, if you're worried that your daughter's taking a, your dog out for a walk and that she might come back, that's going to affect how you vote, no matter uh, how many signs telling about what people in this house uh, approve of and love is not going to change anything. Kurt, you got a new book coming out. We're going to switch gears here for a second. Uh, turn a page, if you will, to your book. Oh, nice. Um, we'll be back, it's called. Sorry, it sounds like I'm telling people not to keep watching. We'll be back, the fall and rise of America. <laughs> no, no, we're not going anywhere. We're here right now. The rise and fall, uh, fall and rise of America, rather. It's out next month. Um, what's this all about, my man? Tell us about it. Well, I think it's a lot of it's about what we've been talking about, how our country over the last 30 years, uh, because we were so successful, went from the pinnacle of achievement in the in the wake of Desert Storm. And I was physically there. I was at the headquarters of Seven Corps, the greatest military force, uh, probably and arguably in human history. You know, move over Mongols, move over Romans. What, what, what they did in the Persian Gulf War to the Iraqi army in 100 hours, almost unparalleled in military history. And we're at that pinnacle, at that time and place. I didn't realize it then, but it was all downhill from there. With maybe a little bump up once in a while, a little bump up with Donald Trump starting to guess in the right direction, and then back down with this desiccated old freak who's tanking all our 401ks. Uh, I know it sounds, I know it sounds scary, but I, I, while we face real challenges, and I talk about them potential for a national divorce, what a civil war would look like, uh, how America might just kind of fade away under the influence of barren wine women. I'm optimistic. I believe in America, and I believe we're going to turn things around, and we're seeing that. Everything from Ron DeSantis putting Disney and the woke corporations in their place to parents going out there at school boards and demanding that their voices be heard. Uh, the red tsunami that's coming in November, 
Uh, these are all good signs. I'm an optimist, Buck. I'm not going to bet against the United States of America. Although right now, kind of, you know, the, the odds kind of look a little long. What do you What do you think people should do now? I mean, I, one thing that I um, have become a, a bit of a, even myself, I'd say more of a convert on is day-to-day uh, -day actions that align with your values. Um, the yes. left has been much better on doing that. They've been much more organized on that. Everyone knows the left boycotts, the right just says, oh, it's the free market. Um, you know, I, I won't watch the NBA anymore. I don't watch the NFL anymore. I canceled yep. my Disney Plus subscription. I've canceled my Hulu subscription. You know, I, is that a part of it now? Do you think that we, you know, we on the right need to not only do that once in a while, but live our lives that way? What do you think? I think, it's a, I, I think that's a very important part of what we do because it sends a message. And, you know, at the end of the day, corporations can pretend to be woke, but it, it, this, is, this is frivolous. This is a luxury. When they have to explain to shareholders why they're losing money, you know, that, then, then you know, it's not so great to go. But, but we had, you know, special programming for Pride Month. Yeah, 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 that's nice. Where's my dividend? Uh, we need to do that. We need to flex our power in all the ways we can, uh, in a personal level, but also a political level. You know, we keep being told we're not allowed to uh, use our political power to retaliate and uh, against and defend ourselves from the kind of attacks we see by, for example, woke corporations. Well, I don't buy that, Buck. I don't buy that there's some kind of power that I have that is off limits because of reasons. No, no, I'm gonna use all my power against people using all their power against me. If you don't want me to do that, don't screw with me. But if you wanna screw with me, you're my enemy and I'm taking you down. The book is, We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America out next month, and we'll be back with Kurt again soon to talk about that. Kurt, thanks so much, man. Thanks, bye. The markets are panicking after the Federal Reserve announced that it will be raising key interest rates and more economists are predicting a recession could be in the near future. Coming up, we'll talk to the president of the Mises Institute, Jeff Deist, about the potential for economic disaster ahead. Let's talk about protecting your most important asset for a moment, your home. I don't know if you saw this, but there was a recent story about an Arizona real estate agent who found the home she lived in was listed for sale. Problem was, she wasn't selling her home. She was the victim of home title fraud, a devastating crime happening all over the country. According to the experts at Home Title Lock, the crime is incredibly profitable and hard to detect. An identity thief simply creates a fake title transfer for your home and refiles as a new owner. Then it takes out loans on your home or even sells it. Typical identity theft services don't cover you. Home Title Lock does. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone messing with it, they shut it down and they'll help get your home back in your name if you're a victim. So here's what you should do. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. When you protect your home, tell them Buck sent you for 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. Soaring inflation has prompted the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates by three-quarters of a percentage point, the biggest rate hike in nearly 30 years. Despite this news, the Federal Reserve chairman says he's still optimistic. Watch. You see some, some things getting, sales going down, but overall, spending is very strong. The consumer's in really good shape financially. They're spending. There's no sign of a broader slowdown that I can see in the economy. People are talking about it a lot. Consumer confidence is very low. That's probably related to gas prices. We see the economy slowing a bit, but still growth levels, healthy growth levels. 
Join me now with Reaction President of the Mises Institute, Jeff Deist. Jeff, thanks for being with us. Well, I hope they're spending because the Fed and Congress created more than 10 trillion bucks in the last two years. So I, I assume people are spending. You know what they're not doing, Buck, is saving. Unfortunately, U.S. savings rights are basically decimated at this point. So I, I don't really uh, share his optimism on the consumer side. Yeah, I, I wanted you to just react to that part of it. It sounds like he's saying, you know, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the economy. If you were to just walk around and ask anybody who has to buy groceries, gas, pay rent, or the mortgage, uh, they don't feel that way. Yeah, isn't that interesting how it's very, very hard to fool people, especially when the two big ticket items in our face every day, gas and groceries, that's awfully hard to fool people with. And, you know, I don't see how there's any way between now and the midterms, let's say, or even really between now and 2024, that that changes. If I were Biden, I would be a little more contrite like Janet Yellen. I would be saying, look, I realize there's pain out there, but we're trying X, Y, and Z. And he seems to be you know, trying to say it's the Chinese or the Russians or the Republicans won't vote for his spending plan or whatever it is. So, uh, I mean, people said some things are rough. And when this narcotic of all the COVID stimulus completely wears off, I think it's going to be a hangover. I mean, the Fox News poll that we just pulled from uh, from today on the condition of the economy shows that 18 percent think it's excellent or good. I think they also tend to triple mask and, and watch a lot of MSNBC. 82 percent are saying it's only fair and, uh, or poor. So to my earlier point, I mean, the polling shows that people are unhappy with this. And the White mm -hmm. House seems to be playing as much hide the football as they possibly can, distract people. There's all the January 6th stuff. Here's White House economic advisor Brian Deese, who seemed to just dodge the question on whether, on when rather, Biden will be able to get inflation down. Watch. Give us a time frame. We're at 8.6 in inflation right now. When do you expect to see inflation that is in the 2% range based on everything that you are doing in your plan? When will that happen? Well, look, there's a lot of predictions out there, most independent proje projections you've, you've seen and we analyze as well. What I can tell you is this, that right now, this, the most constructive steps that Congress and the executive branch can take to help support what the Fed is trying to do are to lower the costs that families face directly and to lower the federal deficit. And we have laid out a very specific plan to do that. Uh, what, what is even, what is this lower cost that family, like is the government gonna, are we gonna start going full Venezuela and have price controls? What is he even talking about? Yeah, I think he's talking about spending. I think that at the end of the day, that's what government knows how to do is spend money. So when they say the average family of four is spending $4,600 more a year, let's say, for gas and groceries, I think they plan on giving us all a check for that or something along those lines. But, you but know, didn't, didn't that kind of cause the problem, Jeff, in the first place? Yes. I mean, it really is interesting that they want to continue this sort of tone-deaf rhetoric. And I, I guess I'm a little surprised because... I'm a little cynical sometimes that are the midterms going to be about abortion or guns or trans, for God's sake, you know, and I think they're doing everything in their power to make it about that. But maybe when you look at out there, you get outside the coastal areas, you get outside the beltway and everything's far apart and people have pickup trucks and, you know, people shop at Walmart, not Whole Foods. Man, oh man, you know, just a few hundred bucks a month, every month, that, that really becomes serious, I think, for Biden pretty quick. The White House Press Secretary, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, responded this way when she was asked if Biden believes the economy is 
in a stable and steady growth period. Here's what she said. The Federal Reserve is predicting that uh, growth, GDP growth for the next two years will be 1.7%, under 2%, two, under 2% for the next three years. So is this what the president considers stable and steady growth? What I can tell you is that uh, we believe that we are in a transition right now, coming out of a uh, economic uh, uh, recovery, a historic economic recovery, uh, because of the work that the president has done this past year and a half. And so we believe that we'll be in that transition. We're going into that transition of stable and steady growth. I mean, it's been 18 months of a Biden presidency. So are we in the transition now? Because... Biden was talking about how great the stock market was six months ago. Well, if you recall, Obama was able to do this for almost his whole first term, to say that he inherited the 0708 mess, the financial crisis that somehow George Bush bequeathed to him. So I think this wears off pretty quick. And it just goes to show you, you know, never, ever, ever elect a senator president. I mean, this guy spent, he spent literally the last 40 years of his life between Dover, Delaware and the Capitol and then overseas junkets. I mean, I think it really comes from the top down. I think they've been so focused on social issues and woke for so long that, that the economy is almost a secondary thing to them. And, and I think Biden's aloofness, it really manifests all the way down through his administration. People are figuring out, it seems, that Biden's not so good at this. Uh, here's even a CNN reporter who is uh, laying out some of the facts and reality here. Watch this one. Put the, this inflation in, in context. How bad is the surge in prices? I, it's awful. I mean, it's awful. And how people feel about it is even worse. You know, you look at the consumer sentiment right now, and what do you see? This is the worst consumer sentiment ever measured by the University of Michigan, going all the way back since 1952. Wow. How does President Biden's performance rate? Awful. I mean, that, 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 I knew that was the answer. The but. answer is awful. I mean, you know, I'll compare it to Carter at this point, his presidency, right? Look at the disapproval rating Joe Biden has on inflation right now. Wow. It's over 70%. Carter, Carter was not even there at this point in mid-1978. When you're doing worse than Jimmy Carter's doing in the minds of Americans on inflation, you know that they're holding you responsible. Oh, but I thought the White mm. House said we were in a transition, Jeff. Yeah, isn't it interesting how the Democrats used to be the party of blue collar factory guys, and now they're the party of the gender studies department. They're the, they're the party of BlackRock. They're the party of Wall Street. And I think they've lost their populist edge. They, they really don't have any connection to every man. And let's be honest, they're not so concerned about every man when that every man happens to be a white Trumper in a red state. They don't much like them. Uh, so th this is this is, I think, dawning on them. I think this is what you're starting to see. And that's why I believe uh, outlets like The Atlantic are starting to say, well, gee, Joe Biden should say he's not running again. Uh, and that would liberate him. I think they're very I think they're starting to grasp the problem. Indeed. Jeff, thanks for being with us. Excellent. Thank you. Efforts to introduce transgenderism continue with Old Navy actually selling a line of pro-trans clothing for infants. We'll have more on that with the host of Counterculture on the Epic Times, Danielle D'Souza, when we come back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB. 
in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Today, I'm about to sign an executive order that directs key federal agencies to protect our communities from those hateful attacks and advance equality for families. My order, my order will use the full force of the federal government to prevent inhumane practices of conversion therapy. It's the first time the federal government is leading a coordinated response against this dangerous, discredited practice. White House continues the trans agenda push in schools. Major retailers are stocking the shelves with trans merchandise. Latest retailer is Old Navy. Here is a photo of a toddler-sized shirt advertising he, she, they, them, human, showing support for the LGBTQIA community. Has the left stooped to a level where now we are gonna be seeing babies used to push their trans agenda. Joining me now to discuss Danielle D'Souza, host of Counterculture. Danielle, good to see you. Hi, Buck, great to see you. What do you make of this? You know, I think the irony here is the Biden administration is saying they're against conversion therapy, but in fact, exactly what they are doing to these young kids is conversion therapy. So if we take a step back and think about what is conversion therapy, it's taking yourself, taking someone else, forcing them to take medication, forcing them to undergo some kind of surgery in order to make them into a completely different person. And that's exactly what they're doing to young people when they're saying, hey, you know, we're not even gonna look into why you might wanna do this. Maybe you underwent some kind of trauma. So that's why you're trying to change your gender. No, they're just saying, take this medication, do this surgery. And that is conversion therapy. That is what Biden is pushing on them. The Associated Press uh, had an article recently on hormone treatment in children. It said the World Professional Association for Transgender Health said hormones could be started at age 14, two years earlier than the group's previous advice, and some surgeries done at 15 or 16, a year or so earlier than previous guidance. The group acknowledged potential risks, but said it is unethical and harmful to withhold any treatment. Why is it that the, that the withholding of life-altering surgery from 15-year-olds is unethical? But the damage done by these treatments is somehow not a concern for ethics whatsoever. Absolutely. I mean, when it comes to any kind of a social issue they're pushing, whether it's the transgender therapy, whether it's abortion, they're going to say, you know what, do that as young as you possibly can. And in fact, don't tell your parents. Basically, just make sure that you go to some kind of woke organization, some kind of Planned Parenthood place, get the medication that you want. But when it comes to anything else, when it comes to guns, when it comes to, you know, something that is not this, they're going to say, no, you absolutely can't do that. You can't have any access to those kinds of things. So the agenda they're pushing, even as you saw with the old Navy shirt on the youngest possible children, I think the size of that shirt was 5T, so like toddler age is really, that is how young they're trying to go with pushing this sexual kind of ideology on them. When of course, these children have absolutely no idea what their shirt says. Many of them are just learning how to actually read. But of course, instead they're having them wear these things to become billboards like they're tiny social justice warriors. You know, Danielle, we've also seen a lot of uh, video recently of drag queen shows 
uh, in schools. Um, we've seen children brought to drag shows where there is a dancing that would be considered, you know, exotic dancer moves and, and outfits if it were a female doing it. But because it's a man pretending to be a female, a full-grown man pretending to be female, we're supposed to believe that in some way this is appropriate. Of course, it's not. But Michigan's attorney general, for example, so many prominent Democrats want drag queen uh, stuff going on in schools. They say this. Here she is. No, it's not a problem This is the attorney general of a major state saying to people in an audience who seem to think it's good, yeah, let's have, she said, a drag queen for every school. Yeah, Buck, I mean, we could talk all day about how disgusting this is. I'm sure every single American watching this is disgusted by this. But I think, honestly, if the left has moved to this point where they're going to say, we're going to defend drag queens for young kids in school, then that really just shows why they're going to lose in the midterms. That shows why so many Americans are leaving the Democratic Party and why they're saying we don't even recognize this, this, this kind of politics anymore. Because when did this even become some major issue where drag queens are now seen as essential for schools? What about actually learning things in school? So I think most people are just going to look at this and just see, you know what, this is why I can't vote for Democrats anymore, because they're just speaking for themselves. We don't even have to explain why they are crazy. They can literally listen to that themselves and see that. There are some politicians, some uh, prominent voices out there who are speaking out against this very clear movement uh, on the left and, and from the activist community within the LGBTQIA plus community to push this stuff on kids. Governor of Florida Ron DeSantis just said last week that, no, kids actually shouldn't be exposed to this. Watch. You had this Dallas, Texas. You had these very young kids. They must have been like nine, 10 years old. Uh, at a quote drag show where they were putting money in the underwear of this and that is totally inappropriate. Uh, that is not something that, that children should be exposed to. Danielle, um, how does anyone not see it that way? It's kind of remarkable we're even having this conversation, but we have to. I know we have to because I mean the left not only is pushing this as politicians like you showed they're pushing this in the culture they're pushing this in schools they're targeting kids as young as they possibly can at the clothing stores so people like Ron DeSantis have to speak up against this and I guess my reaction would be why isn't every single Republican governor speaking up against this you would think they would take the lowest hanging fruit they can and say this is absolutely disgusting we should all unite against this but for some reason, we actually need people to wake up to this and see this. And so I think Republicans should absolutely make these kinds of social issues front and center when they're running for things, because most common sense people would look at this and absolutely agree with Ron DeSantis. By the way, Nikki Freed, who is supposedly uh, running against Ron DeSantis as a Democrat, put this out. That's what's important right now, talking about drag shows. DeSantis is taking away a parental choice to take their kid to a drag show. This is insane what is happening here. The insane part, according to the Democrat who wants to be governor of Florida, is people opposing 
children being taken to drag shows. That's the that's the problem. Right. I mean, that's really the platform she wants to fight on. She's saying, oh, it's crazy. He's talking about this. Well, I think it's crazy that she's even defending this. She wants to make this something front and center in her campaign. Well, of course, she's going to have a major loss. I think if she were smart, she would say, OK, maybe we back away from these kinds of issues. Why don't we not make this front and center? Obviously, the right is winning on this kind of a topic. But no, they actually want to dig in their heels even further. They want to fight even harder, not even in super blue areas like New York or California, but in a swing state like Florida. Danielle, crazy times. Appreciate you bringing some sanity. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Dozens of churches and crisis pregnancy centers have been firebombed and vandalized in recent weeks. Nancy Pelosi was very uh, dismissive when she was asked about it. We've got the video in Quick Hits. Stay with us. Nancy Pelosi refusing to condemn attacks by pro-abortion uh, domestic terrorists, really, and the American oil companies fire back at President Joe Biden. We got those stories in Quick Hits. Let's get to it. When churches in crisis pregnancy uh, centers are being targeted, you would think this would be a major national news story, but of course it's not, because the media is not actually about telling you what's really going on. The media pushes a narrative. The media has a left-wing Democrat agenda that is dominant in not just the way that they do their jobs, but in the way they think about their everyday lives. Uh, we have seen the, in the overrun uh, by the left media abandon all pretense of objectivity if you actually watch what they're doing. And this is yet another example of that. Um, and Pelosi, by the way, who's a Democrat, uh, just gets such a pass from them all the time. But anyway, uh, finally, finally, they ask about this for a moment here. She is asked, Nancy Pelosi is asked about these attacks going on, which you can imagine if it were pro-abortion uh, entities that were being, buildings that were being attacked, set on fire, vandalized, anything like that, threatened. It would be front page news, CNN would be having panel after panel talking about how this is the right-wing terrorist evildoers, etc. But because it's churches and crisis pregnancy centers, you know, godly good things, uh, Democrats don't care at all. And here's Pelosi when she's asked about it. churches on uh, crisis pregnancy centers. Republicans are going after Democrats for not saying anything, and they're saying that that your rhetoric is contributing to these attacks on these crisis pregnancy centers. Well, let me just say this. A woman has a right to choose, to live up to her responsibility. It's up to her, her doctor, her family, her husband, her, her significant other, and her God. Uh, th this talk of politicizing all of this, I think, is something uniquely American and not right. Other countries, Ireland, Italy, Mexico, have had legislate uh, initiatives uh, to expand a woman's right uh, to choose. Very Catholic countries. I'm a very Catholic person, and I believe in every woman's right to make her own decisions. She's a disgrace, and she has also been denied communion by her own archbishop because she goes against a very clear church policy on something essential to Catholic doctrine, which is the uh, protection of life in the womb. Um, and Nancy Pelosi there just showed you what an utter disgrace she is. I mean, what, what honestly, a, a person of so little character and so little decency, it is a 
a real, a real uh, mark against this country that she is third in line for the presidency, and uh, that she's the most powerful legislator on the Democrat, uh, in the Democrat Party, really, and has been for a long time. Um, she's uh, not a person of any knowledge or learning, and she is just a, a cunning and venal and awful human being. Yeah. All right, oil companies, by the way, are getting a lot of uh, rough stuff from the Biden administration because the Biden administration is a bunch of idiots who don't understand how business actually functions. Or maybe they just don't care. They do know, but they don't care. So oil companies have uh, pushed back on Biden. They, there's a letter from the American Fuel and Petrochemical Manufacturer and Petroleum, American Petroleum Institute saying, we kept investing even during the pandemic. We lost more than $20 billion and had to borrow more than $30 billion to maintain investment to increase capacity to be ready for post-pandemic demand. Longer term, government can promote investment through clear and consistent policy that supports U.S. resource development, such as regular and predictable lease sales, as well as streamlined regulatory approval and support for infrastructure, such as pipelines. As in, stop saying stupid stuff about how if we only pumped out more oil, everything would be fine, because that's just malarkey, if you borrow a Bidenism. Fauci, evil little liar, he uh, was testifying today on Capitol Hill. Asked about the origins of COVID-19. Here's what the tyrant lab coat Smurf had to say. Watch. We still open up and keep always an open mind as to whether or not this had to do with a virus that was isolated out in the environment and that came into a lab and then had what most people refer to as a lab leak. I believe that is less likely that that's the case, but I also believe we need to keep an open mind and have all possibilities be investigated. But the evidence from the virology community points strongly towards a natural occurrence. It's amazing watching somebody who's so comfortable um, speaking and saying nothing or, or, or lying and or lying. That's what really Fauci does all the time. That's ever tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News of Bill O'Reilly is next. Shields high. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children, and build specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, as well as work to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He's never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms, nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.